1: And welcome to All Things Therapy. I'm your host, Lisa Tahir. I'm a licensed clinical social worker practicing as an intuitive psychotherapist. I want to say hello to those of you joining us on Instagram Live. My guest today is Dr. Kenneth Porter. He is a spiritual psychiatrist and psychoanalyst based in New York City. Dr. Porter has taught Buddhist insight meditation. He's been president of the Association for Spiritual Spirituality and Psychotherapy. He's also an ordained teacher and minister of the Diamond Approach, which we will talk about today. And he himself has been a long-term student of Kundalini, which we will also discuss today. Dr. Porter's vision is to help people find spiritual healing, and fulfillment in their lives. And today we're discussing his book called Apollo's Lear, The Art of Spiritual Psychotherapy. And before we have him come on, I just want to let you know that I appreciate you tuning in each week. The show is live every Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific time, 4 p.m. Eastern. You can find me and schedule sessions to work with me at nolatherapy.com. It's the abbreviation for New Orleans, Los Angeles therapy.com. I'm delighted that my first book released a week ago, it is a book on healing our deepest core wounds through astrology, empathy, and self-forgiveness based upon the wounded healer archetype of Chiron. And it's such an honor that his holiness, the 14th Dalai Lama has endorsed my book, and really enjoyed the way I speak about meditation as a healing tool for our ailments, our psychological and emotional ailments, and as a path to wholeness, as well as using compassion and self-forgiveness as tool sets. And I'm just delighted for you to have my book. It's available at all of the major retailers, barnesandnoble.com, Amazon, my publisher, Inner Traditions, as well as through my website. There are links to order from all of the various places. If you go to nolatherapy.com or on Instagram, go to my link tree, click on that in my bio, and there's a link for my book. I would love for you to have it and review it and share your thoughts and experience of it. With that, I will shift to Dr. Porter, and I just welcome you in being with us today.
2: Yeah, great to be with you, Lisa.
1: How are you today?
2: I'm actually very well. I'm in, sitting here in New York City. It's a great day. I'm in the middle of my day doing uh, spiritual psychotherapy, but uh, I'm very happy to be talking to you and to your Instagram audience. Start us
1: and telling our listeners about spiritual psychotherapy the notion of the real self and where you would like to begin with us to kind of set the stage for your work
2: sure well um so if we talk about spiritual psychotherapy first we want to say something about what we mean by spiritual so spirituality from my perspective is a way of living that is based on the idea that if we learn to decrease our selfishness and increase uh, the capacity of our heart to be loving, that is the best way to create peace and happiness in our lives. So that applies to spirituality in general of all forms. And The psychotherapy part has to do with the fact that we are, uh, as animals, we are social animals, as uh, the Greek philosopher Aristotle said, and we uh, communicate to each other. And it turns out that when we talk to somebody whom we trust, uh, as we talk to that person, things come up from out of our unconscious, and we learn more about ourselves simply by talking. That's why psychotherapy is called the talking cure. The spiritual psychotherapy is is based on um, helping us understand that we have two ways of living. One is our ordinary self or our false self. The other is spiritual psychotherapy helps us shift our living from living from the ordinary or false self to the true spiritual self? That's a short answer to your question.
1: You know, Dr. Porter, hearing you define for us spirituality and the differentiation between our true or real self and the false self, you brought up socialization, which I know in your book, and I might skip around today, it's just rich with so much information that I really loved learning and reading that the socialization Mm -hmm. process is one of the things that cause us to lose touch with our real self. Can you expand on that?
2: Yeah. Right. So that's a complicated thing that it takes those of us on a spiritual path a long time to understand In order to be a functioning part of society, society needs to have certain norms and rules and standards for how we're supposed to think and feel and act. And we all grow up in society. So it's a part of our maturation to learn how to be a member of society. So society doesn't really care about our true spiritual self. Society doesn't even know about spirituality half the time. Society just wants us to be what society considers to be a grown-up member of society. We don't hurt people. We're successful. You know, we do all the normal things. So in order to do that, our families and our societies uh, teach us how to be a member of society. They teach us how to have a social self an ordinary self, an everyday self, a person, that's not the whole story, that actually that's not the truest self that we have. We have a spiritual core. We have a true spiritual self is where our wisdom and our love uh, emanates from. Mm-hmm. But first we have to de- develop our social self, our false self that's necessary, that's healthy. There's nothing wrong with it. And then We need to discover, okay, that's great, I've grown up, Uh, I have a job, I'm successful, maybe I'm in a relationship, maybe I'm married, maybe I have a family, whatever it is, okay, all very good. now, is there something deeper in life that will bring us more peace and more happiness? Then we start to learn to connect in various different ways to the true self, to the spiritual self.
1: And Dr. Porter, what you're saying, I'm thinking about and wondering if when you're working with people and, and even people listening right now and watching today might be at a point in their lives where they've definitely achieved those types of things in their lives. They're living yeah, a good life, right. but there's something that right. feels like it's missing. Is that what right. you're right. speaking to? Yeah,
2: right.
1: How right. can we find our fullest, most authentic and loving self?
2: Yeah, so that's the sixty-four thousand dollar question, right? As they used to say. <laughs> so there, there are many ways to do that, and over thousands and thousands of years, many of the great religious and spiritual traditions, and more recently, uh, psychology and psychotherapy and psychoanalysis have all tried to find different answers to that question: How do we? live our lives fully, authentically, with peace and happiness and joy and love. So there are many ways to do it. So we can become a part of a spiritual path, might be a Western path of Judaism, Christianity. We might become an adherent of Islam, might be a Buddhist. Uh, We might go into psychotherapy of, of various kinds. We might go into psychoanalysis. We might work in various kinds of spiritual counseling, which many of us have developed in the last uh, 50 years or so. So there are many different techniques Mm -hmm. that we find that will help us answer the key question that you just asked.
1: What about the role of spirituality in psychotherapy? As I reflect back, to when I went to graduate school 20 years ago, that wasn't one of the paradigms that was really yeah, pushed. Right. Certainly there was a survey of like world religions.
2: How right, can you right. discuss this with us? Yeah, right. So that's a good point. Um so psychotherapy is about 125 years old, starting when Freud first developed psychoanalysis at the end of the uh, 1800s, and um, at first it, it had nothing to do with spirituality and psychotherapy and psychoanalysis didn't even wasn't even interested particularly um, in spirituality. Um, originally, one of your, uh, Freud's early disciples called Jung uh, broke with Freud and developed his own approach to psychotherapy, which he called analytic psychology, and Jung, who was a very, very great psychotherapist and a great, wise teacher, developed his own form of spiritual psychotherapy. However, in most countries in the West, that was kind of a sideline until around 1970. Starting in the 1970s, a number of Eastern spiritual teachers came to the United States and came to Europe and as a result of uh, and started teaching all of us. And as a result of that, a number of new forms of psychotherapy began to develop that combined traditional psychotherapy with spiritual understanding. For example, what you described you're doing in your therapy, which I just got a glimpse of from what you said, Sounds like uh, it could be a very profound and powerful form of spiritual psychotherapy. So, in the last about Thanks. half century, many of us have developed different forms of spiritual, of what I call spiritual psychotherapy. There are many varieties, of, varieties of this, and um, mine is not. I don't claim mine's the only one, the best one. Mine is one of many that are available to everybody
1: now. Yeah. And you know, just in your book, I have been chewing on your book, Dr. Porter, for two weeks, and I'm holding it up to show people that are viewing (laughs) it. You really, how you even just said psychotherapy has been around 125 years. I hadn't quite done that math until you talk about Freud and Bruner and just give us a a history of where our profession came from through the different teachers and therapists. And so I just, anyone listening that is interested in the history of psychotherapy and how the psychological field even came to be, I just wanna Mm -hmm. share that your book does it so well.
2: Yeah, thank you. Uh, Thank you, Lisa. I appreciate it. And when you're chewing on my book, be careful. It doesn't digest so why is that? easily if you're literally chewing.
1: I was chewing on it. Literally. There's a lot. It was <laughs> so good. It, it It's All deep. Right. That's you. why I emailed you. Yeah. It's profound. Yeah. yeah.
2: Thank you. Yeah. You're Thank welcome. You. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. May I ask you? And you know. Uh, May I ask you I how long? You? Go on. No, you first. I'm just saying. You know, when we're talking about spiritual, spiritual psychotherapy and your approach and my approach and everything I've done, everything I've studied in my life and everything you've studied in your life, you know, we could probably talk about this for six hours. So I know we have a limited time, so I'm I'm just going to be guided by your questions to me.
1: Sure. You know, I did want you to share more about because this is an area of your practice I've heard of, I don't know a lot about, and I know there's a lot of value in it. Is the diamond approach? Would you like to talk to mm-hmm. us about that?
2: Sure. So, uh, the diamond approach is a spiritual path like uh, Sufism or Buddhism or. Kabbalah or many other spiritual paths that was developed um, uh, about 45 years ago in this country by a teacher whose name is A.H. Almas. He was a man from Kuwait came to Berkeley to get revelations. Uh, He shared them with his friends, and he he, uh, grew into a very powerful spiritual teacher And now his teachings are part of a school called the Diamond Approach, which has four or 5,000 students around the world. The essence of the Diamond Approach is that the way we can find spiritual maturation and the fullest enjoyment of our lives and be fully alive and fully real and fully joyful in our lives is by being as present as possible in each moment of our lives. And we can learn to do that by doing a specific spiritual technique, which is called spiritual inquiry. It's not particular to the Diamond approach. Other traditions use spiritual inquiry. For example, the Vedanta tradition uses spiritual inquiry. But in the Diamond approach, what we mean by inquiry is We look inside, we see what we're feeling on the deepest level, physically, emotionally. We stay with it. We allow it as much as possible. Whatever it is, we don't judge it. We try to understand it. And what we usually find is that leads us directly into the true self, into our spiritual core, which then teaches us how to act in the world. That's a kind of, I hope, short summary of what the Diamond Approach as a spiritual path is about. If anybody's interested, uh, the Diamond Approach has a website. It's www.diamondapproach.org. And there are lots of resources and seminars and workshops and books uh, and courses that are available in that way a very deep and beautiful spiritual path.
1: As you are talking to us about the diamond approach, I'm reminded of mindfulness, the mindfulness approach where we're, we're observing our thoughts without judgment. Is, is it correlated? Is it incorporating mindfulness yes. techniques and practices?
2: Yes. So the, the mindfulness approach to spirituality as you know, comes from Buddhism, and uh, it basically basically, uh, consists of a spiritual practice, which is very similar to what I just outlined when I talk about spiritual inquiry and the diamond approach. We could have a very long discussion about the the slight differences between the two approaches, but you're absolutely Mm -hmm. correct. What we mean by The mindfulness approach to healing and spirituality is essentially the same thing as what in my particular school we call spiritual inquiry. Yes, so you're absolutely right about that.
1: And I also wanted to ask you, Dr. Porter, your book and your work reminds me of a friend and colleague of mine, Dr. Ronald Alexander, who is a Uh Buddhist psychologist in Los Angeles. I don't know if you know him know I, of his work. I, I
2: don't know him directly. I've, I've heard his name, but I don't know him directly. He
1: is, uh-huh. Yeah, he is the Open Mind Institute in Los Angeles, and I was reminded... Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. He's a friend and endorser so, of my book, and just a wonderful practitioner, like yourself.
2: He, right. So, I, I don't really know exactly what he does, but... Um, I'm getting a glimmer of it from listening to you. And in fact, the other thing I wanted to say about this, Lisa, is from the introduction you gave about your work, I have a feeling that when you're sitting with a client and I'm sitting with a client, we're probably doing very similar things, although we probably would call it different names. So that was very interesting mm-hmm. to me, actually, that you know I have wound up being uh, interviewed by you today.
1: Yeah, I was so excited about speaking with you, Dr. Porter, and getting to working with how we work with our clients. What can a client, yeah, if there's right. someone listening, interested in working with you, what might they expect coming coming in to meet with you?
2: Yeah, that, boy, that's a great question. I don't know if this is your experience as a counselor and a therapist, Lisa, but people who call me up who are thinking about working with me Ask me that all the time on the phone. Well, Doctor Porter, how do you do psychotherapy, or how do you do psychoanalysis, or what's your, what is spiritual psychotherapy? And you know, and um, I don't know what you answer. Maybe you have figured out a good answer. I've been doing this for fifty years. I still haven't figured out a good answer. What I always <laughs> say to people is. If you really want to find out what it's like to work with me, bite the bullet, make an appointment, have a first session with me. You'll get to meet me. You'll see if I if you feel I can help you. I'll see if I feel I can help you. But, you know, if I were to really try to answer the question, I would say people could expect that I will do my very best when I'm talking to you to be my most true spiritual authentic self because i know the more i can be that and relate to you the more i can
0: in puerto rico we call ourselves boricua we are proud passionate and full of life on our island adventure finds you strangers Aren't strangers for long. The size of the audience doesn't change the beauty of the music, and we celebrate every last ray of sun. Live, Motiqua.
2: can connect to your true spiritual, authentic self, and that connection is what will enable you to heal. So that's the best answer I could give to your question. You help me figure out the answer.
1: Dr. Porter, I asked you this question because in all authenticity and honesty, I really dislike being asked that question. And what I want to say is, haven't you been to my website and read all the pages of things that I have spent years (laughs) compiling? So, yeah, I wanted to ask you, since you've worked so many more years than I have, and I love that you invite the person in to to sit with you and have the session, because it is an experience of authentic intimacy. And you talk about that when you talk about communion.
2: So that's the... Can you go into that? Yeah. So you asked me at the beginning, what is spiritual psychotherapy? And I kind of gave you a very quick answer. But I know you were interested in what you just asked me now, again. So I can say something about it. So, yes. So we each have an ordinary self, a social self, and we have a true spiritual, authentic self. From... In my experience, working with people, how does healing happen? How do we become more spiritually mature, have more happiness and joy in our lives? We do that by connecting to our true self, our spiritual self. Okay, that's very easy to say, but as you asked me, so how does that happen? So when we do therapy or counseling from a spiritual point of view, my job is to connect to my real self, my true, authentic spiritual self at that moment when I'm talking to you. And that's what I'm always trying to do. If I can do that, I can connect inside you or inside the client who comes to see you and me. Everybody has the seed of a, uh, or you could say a spark, the core spiritual self, it's always there. It can never be obscured, no matter how old we are, mm-hmm. no matter how many mental problems we've had. If I can be my real self, and I can be authentic with my client, I act as, I, I kind of, uh, I'm connected to the flame of my authentic self. And as I talk, I kind of blow on the spark inside my client and I help that spark turn into a flame. So that person has an experience of connecting with their true spiritual self. And then there's a connection that forms between my heart, which is where the authentic self is, and the other person's heart. And that sense of that bond, that deep connection is what some people, including me, call communion. It's a deep sense of oneness and sharing, but it's a particular kind of oneness where we each know we're still separate human beings, and at the same time, we feel like we're one. That's where the healing in spiritual psychotherapy occurs. So as a spiritual therapist, another metaphor is, I'm a midwife. There's a baby, the true self, inside my client. There's a young version of their true self. I'm a midwife. I'm helping the true self be born.
1: I appreciate the way that you're talking about this, Dr. Porter, and it reminds me of in in the introduction to my book, I talk about the therapeutic relationship being such a sacred relationship and when i look back to when i started as a therapist and who i am today i used to think that being a therapist it's making me a better person but i realized it's making me a more authentic person and that's different than striving like for benchmarks and climbing a ladder you know to be our authentic selves is where i we truly find peace and it doesn't mean we necessarily fit in more or comply to the roles that people expect of us It's really like defining who we are inside and bringing that out. And I know you talk about that as well in your book, about authenticity. And I hear you talking about it in our conversation right now.
2: So I really appreciate your explaining how you see that, Lisa. And we see it exactly the same way. I often say to people when they walk into my office, okay, this is sacred space now. And yes, the relationship between a spiritual therapist and a counselor and their client is a sacred relationship. That's what we're talking about because it helps us connect with the spiritual, with the sacred, with the divine inside us. So the way you talk about it is exactly the way I think about it. Society teaches us to have a social self or what some people call an ego or an ego self. And that has to do with succeeding and doing and achieving and accomplishing things. And all that is fine and it's necessary and it's important. But the real secret to happiness doesn't lie in that. The real secret to happiness lies, and you said it perfectly, I think, the real secret to happiness lies not in becoming a better person. That's the ego version of it. That's the social self version of it. That's fine. But the real happiness in life inside us comes not from being a better person, but from being who we really are, our true self, our authentic self. So I'm really glad you talked about your approach because, as I suspected, we are like uh, twins here. We are.
1: I'm loving it. So I'm curious, I wanted to ask you, how long did it take for you to write this book? Because it is just so deep and full of information.
2: You know, I'm glad you asked me that, Lisa. It was was very weird. I've written all, all my life as a psychiatrist. I've written articles, I've written chapters for books, all this stuff. I've written a million talks and all that. I always had a lot of difficulty writing, and I always envied people. I have a friend from college who's a professor at Columbia, and he's written, I think, nine books by now, and he writes like he talks. He just writes. Wow. I always envied people who can do that. I could never do that. Um, I had a spiritual teacher, my Kundalini master in Rishikesh, India, whom I studied with for 15 years. and Went to India, went on pilgrimages with him, and so on. He would always say to me, "Ken Porter," that's what he called me, like it was one word. Ken Porter, write book, like that. He was an old one of these old Indian masters. Ken Porter, write book, and I would say, "Yes, Swamiji, okay, thank you, thank you for the vote of confidence." I never knew what the hell he was talking about, and I didn't think I could write a book. And then about. I don't know, four or five years ago, whenever it was, it was in February. One night I finished work. I finished doing therapy and I'll never know why. All of a sudden I sat down at my computer and I started writing. And it was like I was possessed by some kind of a muse or demon. Mm -hmm. And I didn't stop writing for six months. Every night, every weekend. I'm surprised my wife didn't throw me out of the house. I mean, <laughs> every free moment, in between sessions with clients, I had 15 minutes. Wow. I would go back and write. I couldn't not stop writing. And, I, you know, people say this. I always thought it was bullshit that people say this. It sounds so spiritual, you know. They say, well, I didn't really write the book. You know, it's the book wrote itself. Well, that's exactly yes. my experience. I didn't write honestly, truly. I did not. I don't know who wrote this book, but it really wasn't me because <laughs> I wound up saying things in that book that were so smart and so wise and I would read the chapter after I wrote it and I would say, oh my God, I didn't know I knew that. So, you know, that was my particular experience. I I was very fortunate. I'll never know where that came from.
1: Right. From the collective, you know, Dr. Porter, I had some similar experiences writing my book. And yesterday I was a guest on a podcast being interviewed and the interviewer read a quote and and she's like, you know, I love this quote from your book. And I'm like, oh, my God, I wrote that like thinking, where did that come from? Because I I understand your experience. Like, wow, because I don't walk around thinking that that stuff all the time. It just like came through. And so it's cool to know that even your experience was like that, almost like a disconnection between what, what came out on the pages and what, you know, we're thinking about just from day to day.
2: But I, you know, what I think in view of our discussion up till now, Lisa, I think what we probably would both say if we were pushed to the wall is that the book came out of our authentic self, our true self, our, our spiritual self. That's, that's where the book emerged from. And that's the great secret. People that walk into our offices don't know that they have a great secret inside this, inside themselves. Mm-hmm. They have more love. They have more wisdom. They have more compassion. They have more insight. They have more joy. They have more peace than they ever imagined. And it's hidden. It's a secret in their heart, in their true self, which is hidden. And our job is to help them, you could say, open that door to their deepest heart. And once they open that door, they discover all these treasures that you and I are talking about that are present in everyone, everyone, without exception.
1: Without exception. That's my belief. Dr. Porter, early Mine as well. And earlier you spoke beautifully about the flame that you fan inside of your client to help that spark yeah, really right. become a fire right. within them. Right. And and I see within my clients and just people on the street, any everyone I know, like it's like a water fountain. And just like there might be a pebble or a rock that cover up where the fountain's able Beautiful. to fully Beautiful. express itself with water, I see people like every person, as you're saying, that's listening, that's watching, that you have within you, untapped potential we all do and to really define what you want for yourself and i start with like how do you want to feel in your life each day
2: exactly.
1: and and go from there how do you start so the, if there is a start that's that's
2: oh. you yeah, you know that's a beautiful that's also a beautiful metaphor and i use that sometimes too you know our consciousness is is very difficult to define You know, what is consciousness? What is, if you believe we have a soul, which I believe, what is the soul? Very hard to define. So we use all these metaphors, like it's a spark, it's a flame, it's a fountain, you know, all these things where they're all true. We're trying to find words to describe something that's very difficult to describe. But when we help our clients experience it, or when we experience it ourselves, it's absolutely crystal clear. We know, everybody knows this. Even if somebody knows nothing about spirituality, you know, people have moments where they are their real self. It could be when a baby is born. It could be looking at a sunset. It could be at somebody's wedding. It could be at a funeral. It could be listening to a piece of music. It could be writing a poem. Everybody has experiences where they say, aha, this is it. This is what life is about. How could I have missed this? And our job is to make sure that those are not just moments, but to help people string together the moments. So where I start with people is always trying to help them as they're sitting with me discover what their deepest truth is right at that moment. How are you, how does it feel right now to be sitting with me telling me about the problems in your marriage or the problem with the kids or you can't get married or you just lost your job? How do you feel right now at, at the deepest level, that begins to open the doorway to the heart. But there are many questions we could ask, like you're saying, what is it that you most deeply want in your life? I don't usually ask that question. That's a beautiful question, Lisa. I, Thank fact, you. I may steal it from you. I may steal it
1: from you. You are welcome to have it. it it's it's a it's question I've been asking myself, Dr. Porter, for a few of years course. now, and and at first not even knowing the answer, and it changes frequently. In fact,
2: and yes, there are layers exactly. to it. Exactly, and it keeps getting. I think it changes forever. It keeps yeah. getting deeper and deeper, and we think we have the answer, and then a few months later or a year later, we discover, it. oh no, I, there's a deeper way that I can be authentic in this world. And find peace and joy. Oh, isn't that interesting? And then we discover another deeper layer. Yes. That's the great, exciting adventure of our lives, spiritually.
1: It is. And even how you just raised, Dr. Porter, what is consciousness? And that question, I I don't know that I ever have a solid answer. (laughs) I feel like even that answer is changing for
2: me. Right, right. But I love when you say...
1: Being that shared moment when it's like that spark happens, which to me, I also think of enlightenment and, and consciousness and enlightenment kind of working together somehow, as you and I are speaking right now.
2: And everybody, uh, and that's another thing, is that regardless of whether people have ever thought about spirituality or not, they may think religion is complete nonsense. Uh, regardless of whether they've ever thought about any of these things, everybody not only has moments of their being, their authentic self, everybody has moments of communion. Everybody Mm. knows there's a moment when you're with another person and you look in their eyes and all of a sudden something happens and all of a sudden you realize, wow, wow. I'm really connected with this person. It could be over dinner. Sometimes it's insects, obviously. It can yeah. be just walking in the woods with a friend, and you're talking to them, and all of a sudden you realize, wait a second, I have a deeper bond with this person than I ever realized. And that's one of the core spiritual experiences of our lives.
1: Yes, beautifully said. So, Dr. Porter, I want to give listeners and viewers your website. It is KennethPorterMD.com. Is that correct?
2: Yep, that's correct. And my book is there and a few uh, uh, essays that I've written and blog posts and all kinds blog of we will find there.
1: Yes, so. I have your book. I have your blog pulled up on my computer. In fact, things like learning to be kind to ourselves, the spiritual path, so many unique and dealing with our thinking, dealing with COVID-19, just a lot of resources for people.
2: So I want to say, it sounds like we're wrapping up. I want to say, Lisa, it's really been a pleasure to be interviewed by you. You know, like you, I've done a number of these not just since my book, but in the course of my life. I've been interviewed and all that kind of thing. And this is, to me, this is one of those rare moments because I feel this, what we were just talking about, I feel such a real connection with you as we're talking about your work and my work. So uh, it's, it's really... We always say this, it's a pleasure to be interviewed by you, but I, in this case, I really mean it. It's really been a pleasure.
1: Thank you, Dr. Porter. I feel the same way. I feel very connected to you. I would love to meet you one day, and I'd love to send you an email whenever I get up to New York and Great.
2: see you in person. Please, It'd be such a gift. Please do. Please do. And in the old days, occasionally, I would find myself in L.A., I have a few very dear old friends in L.A. So uh, is that where you are, in L.A.? I'm in,
1: I'm in Los Angeles and New Orleans, so I live in both. Oh, I okay. would love to see you wow. in either city.
2: Two two fantastic cities. New Orleans is one of my favorite cities in the world. So I I look forward to some kind of further contact also, Lisa.
1: Please let me know. And thank you so much for your time and your work. Great. Thank you very much. You're
2: welcome. Bye-bye.
1: Bye-bye. That concludes my show today with Dr. Kenneth Porter. You can find him and his book, his blog, and sessions, everything he offers at KennethPorterMD.com. We discussed his book, Apollo's Liar, today, The Art of Spiritual Psychotherapy. And before we end, I want to give a shout out to my long-term sponsor, BetterHelp.com. If you are having a time in your life where it's hard to feel happiness, to feel joy, you might be going through anxiety, stress. I feel like this has been a lot of us from time to time, especially in our pandemic era. BetterHelp is an affordable online HIPAA compliant counseling and therapy portal. You can get assigned and select a therapist in under 24 hours and start working with them through their platform. It's video or phone sessions through betterhelp.com. And if you feel like it's not a good fit with the therapist you're working with, you can request to work with someone else. They do offer financial aid if you qualify. And as my listener, they're offering you 10% off your first month to try them out you do that by going to betterhelp.com forward slash A-T-T, that stands for All Things Therapy, and you'll be able to access the 10% off. It's betterhelp.com forward slash A-T-T, B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com forward slash A-T-T. And with that, I'm going to wish you just a great rest of your Thursday. Thank you for watching and listening. I just started doing these Instagram lives. I feel like I need to get a speaker. So my, my guest's voice is louder. I will have that addressed by next week. So thank you for hanging with me and all my love. Bye-bye. You're listening to All Things Therapy with Lisa Tahir, almost.